0: Support for this podcast comes from CityCast Denver. CityCast Denver is the daily local podcast that tackles stuff you've been wondering about Denver. Would a Denver Olympics be a good thing? Will the cost of housing ever come back down to earth? Is Casa Bonita still Casa Bonita if the food is tasty? Each morning, CityCast Denver brings you the hidden gems and unexpected discussions you actually want to hear. Plus, a dose of local news to get you up to speed. Hosted by lifelong Denverite Bree Davies, every episode of CityCast Denver is the local conversation you won't want to miss. Made by Denverites for Denverites. Find CityCast Denver on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Underground.
1: Welcome to Underground of the Showcase, an official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase powered by Youth on Record. I'm Genevieve Glimp,
0: And I'm Danny Agri.
1: How's it going, Danny?
0: You know what? I'm feeling pumped. I'm feeling chuffed, uh, as David would put it.
1: (laughs) That's great. Um, In this episode, we're excited to be joined by July, who runs a very successful YouTube channel. And is a local artist. Uh,
0: amazing, local, amazing artist local artist who raps, content creator,
1: producer,
0: and, and helps produce this very podcast. Yeah. We thought, why not get her on the show?
2: Hi, everybody. Thanks for having me. Hi. Yeah.
0: We're going to listen to uh, July's uh, song called Cope. Here it is.
2: Depression, bipolar, schizophrenic episodes. Who's been knocking in my head? I think that the devil knows. Strongest connection, share with ghosts. My friends and family filled with fumes. If I could piece it all together, I might snap and leave a bruise. I might snap and stress my conscience out. Fighters in, my fright is out. Hands around the neck of who bring hopelessness inside my house. I'm dead inside. I feel like my life is moving past me. If I'm living in a movie, the director didn't cast me. I've been in my A like Florida, eyes red from salty water. Drop down and hit that split Make a splash and let me grip Please shedding tears Always leaving me fatigued So I'm searching for distractions And a woman I don't need Trying to cope Tell me what you know Everywhere I go Everybody broken We just trying to cope don't Tell me what you think Don't Ask me how I feel Don't be acting like a shrink We just trying to cope Tell me what you know Everywhere I go Everybody broken We just trying to cope Tell me what you know Reaching
0: for a drug, drinking pasta July, how are you? How are you today at this moment right now?
2: I'm good. I'm a little... I feel weird, like something's gonna happen. Not something bad, but like something life-changing, you know?
0: Life-changing? Yeah. You are performing uh, later tonight, right?
2: Yeah, that might not be the exact life change, but it might feed into it. (laughs)
0: how how is uh how are rap shows how are your shows? How do you want your shows to be for the audience like when you go up there, how do you want them to react?
2: I want it to feel like community
0: mm-hmm.
2: like everyone knows what's going on, but the reality is that everyone doesn't, so you kind of just gotta bring them in and you know involve them in the community. sometimes you'll get to play shows where It's like your background music for, like, people eating dinner or Mm -hmm. something like that. And you're just kind of just performing, but nobody's paying attention. Maybe a few people will be like, hey, I follow you, (laughs) so-and-so. And then other times you'll be at a show and everyone is enveloped in everything that is going on on stage and they're watching your every move. And when you bounce, they bounce. And when you say, put your hands up, they put their hands up. And when you say, when I say hi, you say yo, And they say yo you know Mm. so sometimes it's it's like that and then sometimes it's more of like even a corporate vibe where you're performing for people in suits who aren't gonna dance because they don't want (laughs) to rip their pants because they're too tight
0: what's your so obviously the the preferred environment is that like community based where you're you know you're engaging with the crowd do you find it hard to engage with some crowds even Mm like taking besides like that corporate or that tight space like sometimes do you just go to shows and it's just like you know like these people are just not feeling it like but i'm gonna do my best anyway how do you how do you like get over that
2: i just know that i came to perform Mm -hmm. whether or not they're feeling it or paying attention i know i've had to perform at stanley marketplace (laughs) and it was in a time where there were a lot of like Black Lives Matter protests happening, and it was me performing my Black Lives Matter types of songs in front of a crowd full of white people that probably didn't give two craps. And I didn't want to perform, and I didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I could have pushed past that and did it, but I didn't feel like the crowd would have resonated with me. And I also didn't want to have food on my car windows when <laughs> I decided to leave. But yeah, I kind of just push past it if I feel like it, it makes sense. If it doesn't and the team I'm with has my back, I'm not just gonna not perform and cop out because I'm not feeling it. Um, 99.9% of the time I'm going to perform. And if, if the people who are watching aren't feeling it, at
1: least I'm performing for me and mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Definitely. You were mentioning earlier to me that you that you used to feel a lot of stage anxiety. Um, could you talk about your journey with that stage fright? I guess.
2: Yeah. So when I was a little old wee me, which I still am little, but I was a little worse, <laughs> I was very shy. I would hide behind my parents' legs whenever I got the opportunity to. If I had to be introduced to a new adult, I would say, Hi, my name is Bradley, because that's my real name. And I avoided confrontation and talking to people that I didn't know in general. Other kids, wasn't good at making friends, anything like that. So when it came time for me to hop on stage or in the spotlight the first time. I was incredibly nervous. Um, I actually had a panic attack. I was hyperventilating. They said, hey, you should uh, you should rap. And it was in front of 500 kids at a summer camp called Breakthrough. Probably more, maybe less. I, I looked like a thousand eyes to me. And I, I freaked out. And that was the most nervous I've ever been in front of a crowd. And it progressively got better and better. I think the biggest takeaway from that moment was that I had a panic attack and I was still trying to rap. Mm. I didn't not do it. I still tried and I failed miserably. But the next time I failed, not so miserably. And then the next time it was like, okay, getting somewhere and it just progressively got better. I would go on stage with other rappers when I first started performing for a- in actual venues, and that helped to be on stage with other people and kind of ease my way into it. And then before you know it, I was solo for one song, and the team or whatever had the rest of the set, and then eventually I had my own set.
0: Beautiful. Um, and, okay, I wanted to talk about the the song Cope, can you just give me, give everyone a rundown on what the song is, what you're talking about in it, and how it came to be, like, how, what was the process for you trying to release that, because I, like, seeing you post it on Instagram and all the socials, it looked like a really, like, like, a bunch of people got together and, like, just released it, it was, like, a really big project, so...
2: Yeah, I put a lot into that project. Shout out to Wick Jones, who was the producer for that one. I usually produce my own tracks, but around 2020, I decided to collaborate with some people, and he was one of the people I collaborated with to make that beat. I wrote all the lyrics on the spot while he was making the beat. I actually finished before he did, (laughs) and I rapped it to him, and he liked it, so we recorded a rough version And it took like a year and a half for us to finally finish it. We were adding other elements to the beat, um, instruments and different percussions and ear candy and things like that. And then I reached out to Keenan Goodwine to do an animation video Mm -hmm. for the song. And that came out really incredible. And then I also reached out to Sad Visions to do an live action of the video so i had kenan working on his animation and i had sad working on the the like irl Mm -hmm. version of the video and they actually ended up having some similarities so for the animation video there's like uh what what do you call them frames Mm -hmm. where there are people standing in a line behind me and sad actually had the same vision of it being me, and then people standing in a line behind me, you know, looking towards me in my direction, like feeling their feelings and like stone face kind of mm-hmm. type of thing. So we had Leno uh, was in that video, um, Decolo, uh, a bunch of people from my band, uh, Vana, and I just I just brought out as many people as I could on a Saturday morning. um for that specific shot and it it came came out really good and and yeah it was definitely a community effort from the production to the recording and getting feedback on the mix to the videos uh plural videos and (laughs) yeah it, it was dope
0: yeah it's a dope track you could hear the effort and time and the it really is just like amazing track so
2: Yeah, it came together really well. I'm really grateful for everyone that came out. You
1: mentioned um, usually you are your own producer. And I'm curious, what got you into production? Mm,
2: I was young and I had no job and I was too young to work. And the people I wanted beats from were like, well, these beats aren't free. And I'm like, well, my parents ain't gonna buy me no beats. (laughs) So I started making my own beats and they were terrible at first. I would watch YouTube videos, FL Studio tutorials, and I was using a completely different software, but that was all that was available. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna watch tutorials of these people using whatever this is and try to apply it to whatever I'm using because knowledge is universal. So I was doing that for a while and one of my friends from high school actually introduced me to a music software that i started using more frequently i downloaded the cracked illegal version oh yeah <laughs> i don't know if it was limewire or utorrent um but i started with that and then the next year i was like old enough this is by the time i was 14 i was old enough to get a job and i worked through the summer and saved my money and got my first official license for music <laughs> software I got uh, a Kai MPK-61 keyboard. Mm -hmm. Um, My dad got me a mic and like a speaker set for Christmas. And then I just kept building from there. But yeah, it was a lack of resources is why I started. And
1: do you feel like it's a unique experience being a woman and a producer? Yes.
2: A lot of people want women to be a part of their projects because they want to uplift women but i'm only one woman who oftentimes is the only woman in the room that does what i do so i can't do everything also being a woman you're kind of put last or uh underestimated I would say for a long time, the excuse was that you're too young to have this opportunity. And now people are saying you're too old to have this opportunity. It's like there's always an excuse as to why I don't deserve to do something. So, yes, it is hard to be a woman. And they won't say that you can't do this because you're a woman. Some of them might if they're like super assholes. (laughs) But most of the time they find a disguise in
1: why they don't want to work with you. And what have you found has, I guess, helped you or kept you going in situations like that?
2: Knowing that I don't need someone else to give me their platform, I can build my own. If someone doesn't want me to, you know, be on their podcast or help with their podcast, I could literally go do it myself. Someone doesn't want me to produce their project, I could go produce my own project. You know, I don't have to beg anyone for anything or ask anyone for opportunities that they're not willing to get me, give me because I can go create them for myself. Or there will be someone that is out there that is willing to give them to me.
0: Has, has that um, like being picked last, like kind of having that bias because of your woman, has that ever um, pushed you to like be better, like be a better producer, be like top everyone um, just to like kind of prove these people wrong
2: at first I think I kind of felt like I had something to prove because mm-hmm. everybody was saying you're not ready you're too young uh, blah 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 I definitely felt like I had a lot of people going against me but as time went on I realized that it's me against me and I'm winning
0: mm-hmm. and I
2: don't need to worry about what these people are doing and even when I look back or you know I I might think about these people and then check on them. They're literally still doing the same things that they were doing when they told me I couldn't do anything. So, yeah, I kind of just focus on me and let everything fall into place.
1: You hmm. spoke about building your own platform and being self-sufficient in that way. And I think we should bring up your YouTube channel, if you don't mind. Um, could you explain your YouTube journey? For
2: sure. So earlier I was talking about how I started using a software that there was no kind of resources for besides like the manual. So (laughs) I decided I was going to be the person to start making tutorials for this specific music software called Reason. And I went on Amazon and bought my first mic. It was a Blue Yeti. And I bought another interface because I just upgraded my MacBook. And My old interface was no longer compatible because that happens. And I bought this video editing software called Camtasia. It lets you screen record and record webcam at the same time. I bought that and I just started messing around and coming up with video ideas and got Photoshop to make thumbnails. And my thumbnails were terrible. And I found out that I wasn't even using the mic that was plugged in because i didn't select the input on the software and it's not like i never used a mic before it was just a new situation i didn't know what i was doing i was just trying to figure it out so i hit the ground running i didn't try to make everything perfect i just tried so my first videos, sometimes the mic was on sometimes i was using the computer microphone (laughs) that had the fan loud as heck in the background It was terrible, but eventually I got better at my videos. I got better at my thumbnails, and uh, I don't know, maybe three and a half years later, I'm at twenty thousand plus subscribers.
0: What's the What's the name of the YouTube channel?
2: It's called Kickback Couture. Some people say Culture, but you know, (laughs) whatever works.
0: How was that? How was this teaching experience um, helped you improve as a producer? Because I know, like from personal experience, teaching someone especially an artistic um, or creative thing like teaching that subject has like helped me learn more and like how has that helped you as a producer
2: It's, it's helped a ton i think in teaching myself something that i don't know i was very diligent and detail oriented i read the manuals i watched the videos and fell asleep on the videos And then ultimately decided the best way to do this is going to be hands on and maybe with a little bit of mentorship. So I ended up going to CU Denver for recording arts. I didn't learn as much as I thought I was going to because I knew more than I thought I did. But it was still a good situation and learning something and everything about it kind of helps you get into the mode of teaching it because you're gonna have questions that the person telling you or whatever you're reading isn't going to answer. And the same goes for when I'm teaching, my students might have answers or questions that I might not have thought about and have to kind of rack my brain or think about a way to explain it that is understandable. When I'm doing YouTube videos, I am explaining to people who are younger than me and people who are older than me I've been doing private lessons with people who are seniors all the way to people who are four years old and just want to learn how to use the computer. And literally,
1: they're learning how to use the computer. It it ranges. And what's been the most rewarding thing about this channel? The most rewarding thing about the channel is the community I built
2: the second most rewarding thing about the channel is the free software and the free hardware. I haven't had to pay for anything unless I don't want to wait for somebody to send it to me.
0: That's awesome.
2: That's great. For sure.
0: So being a part of Youth On Record and uh, this production team, I wanted to ask you, what are some of your favorite Denver artists?
2: Some of my favorite Denver artists have
0: inspired you or you've inspired them.
2: Yeah, I would say Ray Reed is one of my favorite Denver artists. And then I would say Trace Chapman. These are rappers. And then there's a lot of artists that I've worked with personally mm-hmm. in terms of producing for them or engineering their songs. Uh, L Green is really nice, has an amazing voice. Kali, K-A-H-L-I, LPs, Couture. I think the circle that I'm in is generally who I enjoy the most musically because I got to work on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So as your favorite, would you say most of your mu- music that you listen to is like yourself? Do you no. listen to your music a lot?
2: I don't listen to my music a lot. Um, If I'm rehearsing, I listen to it. And if it comes on and I'm in the car because I have my stuff liked on my Spotify, I usually skip it because I want to hear something else. Totally. Yeah. I heard enough.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know. Just like from being a producer, it's just like I always want to hear my music. I just like I need to be like, keep listening. Like, is this sound good? Does this sound bad? What what do I need to work on? But that's cool. Yeah.
1: Who do you listen to on
0: your Spotify?
2: I listen to R&B mostly, um, some like contemporary rock, but never really anyone that sounds remotely close to what I might sound like. Totally. I don't listen to hip hop often because I don't want to sound like other hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be influenced by their beats I don't want to be influenced by their punchlines and then me be writing a rap and have to think, did somebody else use this line? <laughs> like, it, being in close proximity with artists, a lot of times I have to, like, call them or be in the room with somebody and be like, hey, did you use this line? And they'll be like, what was the line? And I'll be like, we're all sinners, but y'all are synthetic. And they're like, no, I didn't. I didn't use that line, but thanks for the thanks for telling me. I'm going to have to use
1: that. I'm like, well, I'm glad you didn't use it because I I just did. (laughs) Um, Speaking of other artists, what advice would you give to a young artist who's just starting out, whether it be producing, rapping, music, anything? Don't take no for an answer. There are a lot of resources out there for
2: young people specifically, and a lot of people will tell you no because of that. But if you are looking in the right places, people will tell you yes and they will give you opportunities or you can create your own opportunities. I would also say the last thing that you have to do as a young person is rely on someone else to show you the way. There are so many resources out there. There's so many podcasts and YouTube videos and people that are going to be willing to help you. You don't have to deal with the BS from somebody who's going to be old stubborn stuck up or living vicariously or doesn't want you to be somewhere because they didn't get there thank you i love that answer you're yes. welcome
0: where can we find your music uh, and then plug the youtube spell it out
2: of course uh you can find my music everywhere at j-e-l-i-e that is july j-e-l-i-e j-e-l-i-e and on all social media platforms I am j-e-l-i-e with 303 after it so j-e-l-i-e 303 that includes my artist YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, Facebook my website is july303.com and my music production Stuff is under Kickback Couture, K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K-C-O-U-T-U-R-E, Kickback Couture.
0: You should have been a Spelling Bee champion.
2: I I probably could have been in the movie with
1: Kiki Palmer. I love that (laughs) movie. I probably could have did that.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you so much for being on here.
1: Yes, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for that super enlightening conversation. Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Appreciate you.
1: Underground at the Showcase is an official podcast of the Underground Music Showcase and a production of Youth on Record. You can learn more about Youth on Record at youthonrecord.org and on social media at youthonrecord.
0: You can stream our show anywhere you listen to podcasts. Please like, follow, and subscribe. Our team includes Lauren Francisco, Sean King, and Tierney Worthen. This episode was edited and mixed by Akello Stallings. Our executive producers are July Jones and David Layden. Additional music for this episode was provided by 88.
1: We want to give a big thanks to Mutiny Information Cafe for hosting us. You can learn more about Mutiny at mutinyinfocafe.com.
0: Thank you for tuning into the show. I'm Danny Akery
1: And I'm Genevieve Glimp, and you are listening to Underground The Showcase.